it's all about learning. And uh, all of that data, whether it's positive or negative, is super valuable. Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show Jonathan from Manly Bands. How are you doing today, Jonathan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Chase. Oh, thanks for being here. So for people that aren't in the know, let's just quickly dive in. What What is the product? What are you guys up to? What are you selling? So at Manly Bands, we sell the most badass wedding rings on earth with everything from your traditional precious jewelry all the way up to meteorite, wood, deer antler, and dinosaur bone. Dinosaur bone. I I have to ask how do, how do you I I feel like that's hard to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, but but first let me tell you it's cruelty free. We don't kill any dinosaurs to get this dinosaur bone. It's perfectly fine with with PETA and all the other organizations. Um, and uh, I hope some of your viewers laughed at that joke. I say it all the time and nobody ever laughs. So hopefully hopefully this was a, a first. Um, but no, it's it can be. But there are suppliers out there, and you know it's. It's interesting because um, the the dinosaur bone itself actually comes from museums. So when they are um, putting together the dinosaurs, uh, the skeletons, and they are, you know, testing out the bones and doing different scientific uh, things to them, uh, there's there always are little shavings of dinosaur bone. So what happens is is that gets typically thrown out, but now with suppliers, um, you're able to to get some of that, and it's authentic, and uh, we put it in our rings. People love it. I mean that is that is the epitome of the, the, that saying of sell your sawdust, and in this case, it's di- dinosaur bone dust. Uh, because if you have a quantity of it, there's someone out there that can figure out how to use it. It's true. It's true. And you know the really cool thing is, you know, like like all the wedding rings we sell, they they have a story. They're unique. They're different. And I think that's what guys want ultimately is something with significance. Not only because it's their wedding and it marks their commitment to each other, but but also something uh, you know that has a cool material that has a, a history to it. And, uh, you know, in this case, they're hundreds of millions of years old. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that is one of the more unique uh, materials that I've ever discussed on this show. So that that's super cool. So let's let's take me back. Take me back to before starting the brand, before the RV trip, uh, your career in Hollywood. When when did you decide to make the leap? What was the series of events? Well, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, you know, I'm, I was actually a filmmaker first. I went to film school at Emerson in Boston, uh, moved out to Los Angeles after graduation to become the next Steven Spielberg, as, as all filmmaking majors do. Um, of course, it's a lot harder in Los Angeles than they tell you in film school to kind of break in and, and start a career. But um, I was fortunate to do a couple of freelance gigs the first couple of years out there. Um, had some great, great jobs editing a couple small movies and music videos, things like that. Um, ended up producing a bunch of stuff and um, and found my way to realize that, boy, it'd be good to have a steady job because as anybody who's a freelancer or um, even as you're starting your own business, you know, having a consistent and stable revenue stream or income stream can be difficult. And when you live in a major city that's super expensive, like Los Angeles, uh, you quickly realize that a job is is nicer than freelance work. So um, I was fortunate enough through some connections to get a job uh, at Getty Images, where I worked as a supervisor producer for red carpet events, uh, movie premieres, film festivals, 
um, and things like that for, for about 10 years. And, and while there, I kind of cut my chops on um, just some, uh, you know, side gigs here and there, learning marketing, web design, um, and, and kind of dived into the entrepreneurship jury, journey at that time. Awesome. And so one thing that I think a lot of listeners uh, always struggle with is they, they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to go out on their own. And coming up with the idea is usually something that's super difficult for them. So how did you, you know, what was your process? How did you stumble upon uh, this concept? Well, I have, you know, it's, it's funny, I, I get asked that a lot. And I think um, the, the first thing to realize is there, uh, it never happens right away. Like, I can't tell you how many ideas we've, we've had along the way. Um, that didn't make it, didn't go anywhere, that we spent a ton of time trying to grow and, and, uh, and get to work and they just didn't. And we lost a lot of money along the way. And, um, it's a learning process. I, I think I forget the quote, but I, I know there's, there's been a lot of people who said something along these lines where, you know, success, you know, it, it does not happen overnight. Obviously, there's a million failures along the way. And that's definitely the case here. Um, so we're grateful that Manly Bands took off. It was a combination of all of our knowledge and experience from all the other things that we tried to do that didn't work out. Um, so uh, in, in the case of Manly Bands, um, it really was a journey where we tried to solve a problem that we understood because we had the problem. So uh, my wife, Michelle, and I, we sat down and said, OK, uh, we had just moved to Florida from Los Angeles. Uh, we were taking a break. We got married. And uh, we said, okay, let's go to Florida and see what we can do there. Just take a break and get away from Los Angeles for a little bit. And um, we said, okay, well, we need we need income. So what are we going to do? And at first, we thought it was going to be real estate photography. We we had a whole setup. I had had some experience in photography from my days at Getty, and um, we were going to do that. And Michelle was going to help me with marketing and, and just the overall shooting of the homes and things of that nature. And uh, we quickly found out that the realtors, at least in the area where we were, they were shooting house photos on their iPhone. They didn't really see the value in hiring a professional photographer and drones and all that stuff. So um, understanding that, we, we realized, okay, we need a plan B. And in our case, um, we said, okay, well, let's try to solve a problem that we understand. And so that, that really kind of led us to, to my experience with, with buying a wedding ring. Absolutely. It's funny. Uh, you're not the first to say it's like, oh, I had a million ideas. And, and, you know, the one thing that I see in common with a lot of these conversations is they're like, it happened to me. And I just realized that it shouldn't be this hard. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And, and that's why, you know, when it came time to kind of figure out what we wanted to do, um, we said, let's just make it personal. Let's make it something that, that we care about. Let's make it something we really understand. Because in the past, we had just, just we'd, we'd rack our brains, you know, my business partner at the time, uh, you know, he, he's now our CTO. And he's just, we both were just, we tried so hard to come up with an idea. We, we would rack our brains for hours and be like, all right, we can do bracelets. Or we could, you know, hey, what about this? What about that? And we would just kind of come up with random ideas that wouldn't necessarily be something that we loved. And I think that makes it harder when you're trying to create a product or a service when you don't really have a passion for it, because you know entrepreneurship is all about long hours and stress and trying to figure things out. And I think um, if it's something you at least appreciate, like, and can identify with, it makes that journey just a little bit easier. And um, you know, ultimately, we uh, we found that didn't work when we were trying to do the the previous ideas. But with Manly Bands, because we understood it and connected with it, it, it worked out a little bit better. Absolutely. All right. So you have stumbled across this idea, and what you know? How did you get started? What What does that look like? You know, I think a lot of people get caught up in the uh, 
you know, I got to get a LLC set up and I got to get a bank account. You know, how did it actually get started? Well, that is definitely part of the process. You want to make sure you're legal and compliant and all that good stuff so it doesn't cause problems later. Um, but for, for us, we, we first wanted to figure out, okay, what, what type of product are we making? Who's our audience? Why are we, why are we going to be going into this, this type of product, this industry? And, um, you know, how are we going to do something different and unique enough that it'll stand out from the competition? Because there's always going to be competition. How, how are we different and how are our customers going to appreciate us? So, so the first thing we did was discuss, okay, what were the problems that are making us want to even do this? So we said, okay, uh, what was our, our wedding ring story? And we kind of reviewed it. And it was, it was the same as a lot of men out there. They go into a jewelry store, uh, with their future wife. And, um, in my case, uh, I have large fingers and, um, I went into a jeweler. He couldn't size me because his sizer only went up to size 12. And, uh, he also told me, you know, Hey, there's our little case of rings in the back of the store. Go, go pick one from over there and maybe I can order your size. Uh, you know, and it'll be here in a couple of weeks. And so there are a couple of problems with that. I go to the back of the store and literally there was five or six ranks. There was a gold one, a silver one and a black one. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't wear jewelry. I don't know what size I am. And these are all just kind of boring rings. Like I wasn't excited. And I remember looking over to Michelle and, you know, she had several cases of options and, um, you know, she was super excited. She's like, oh, I can do diamonds or I can do this. Or then there's this one that's kind of curved, kind of funny. And this one has a cool material on it. And I just kind of felt a little left out. I'm like, you know, the wedding ring experience really isn't designed for guys. It, you know, you go in there and you're such an afterthought. Um, never mind the fact that the rings are also super expensive also, even for a simple design. So, so it was just a bad experience all around. And I ended up going online and just buying from some random no-name site that uh, didn't have a warranty. Um, the ring literally came in a little plastic bag that uh, a little baggie. It wasn't in a box. There was no receipt. There was no customer service. Like it was just... Just like, wow, this is my wedding ring. Like, this is supposed to be something I'm wearing the rest of my life. And, and here I am, you know, and it's just like something else I'm ordering offline. So it was, uh, we, we talked about that. We realized, wow, this could really, we could innovate this, this area just with some common sense, you know, and some customer service and, and things like that. And so we put our heads together and we said, all right. Let's do this. And um, so I, I had some skills, like I mentioned, in web design and marketing. My wife is just super creative. Um, she was an actor in Hollywood. And it was um, uh, the kind of thing where she had all these great ideas for descriptions and names. And it just kind of made the brand a little different. And it helped our customers identify with the ring. So instead of it being, you know, eight millimeter cobalt chrome ring, you know, it was like uh, the savant or the hero. And I think it just kind of made the buying experience a little different than uh, what you get at a regular jewelry store. So, so we just kind of took that concept um, and built it up and, and ran with it. Awesome. So, what uh, you know, you've got the website up and running. What was like the the go to market strategy? What was the launch strategy? What you know, the first week of the first month look like? Yeah, for sure. So in the, in the first month, we, um, you know, it was all about building the infrastructure for the site, um, trying to find, uh, various, uh, suppliers that Michelle could then design some, some rings that were unique to us. Um, because, you know, doing competitive research, we saw some of the other stuff that was out there and it wasn't that dissimilar from what you would see in a regular jewelry store. And we knew we wanted something different, um, you know, to kind of stand out a little bit. So, 
Uh, so she worked with them uh, initially, and uh, we came up with a whole workflow on on how the orders would be placed and and what materials we were going to use. Uh, while I was kind of working on the creative side of things and the website side, built that out on Shopify. I uh, took photos of, of the rings once we got the samples in and um, and just kind of built out our, our customer service policies and, and things like that and kind of put it all together. And then um, slowly started testing creative and ads using Facebook and then keyword ads on Google um, and, and just slowly moved forward. And then I'd say probably two or three weeks later, we got our first sale. And uh, we were like, oh, this is uh, this is interesting. Let's let's see what happens the next day. And we got another sale. And then a couple of days later, we had two sales and um, we just started trying to improve the process. So we said, OK, now what can we do to uh, to continually improve and iterate and optimize? Uh, there's so much there that I want to I want to call out. The first is is you just you just went live and you just kept doing the thing over and over until it worked. It didn't work immediately, which is something I want to highlight to all the listeners that are scared to get started. Uh, it's not going to work immediately. If it does, congratulations, I guess. You know, you're one of the yeah. lucky ones. Um, and then the concept of constant iteration. I mean, you have been doing this for quite a while now. Do you feel like your website's done? Is it perfect? Oh, no, it's never done. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's always... I, was, I knew the answer. <laughs> no, of course. No, there's always room to improve. Uh, you know, our, our tech team, uh, Scott, our CTO, and my, my business partner in the past... Uh, is just a genius and uh, is always looking to improve everything. So, you know, he would never settle, even if we felt like things were amazing. He'd be like, well, we can do this and we, we should try this. And, you know, just this past week, they, uh, his team, uh, him, Zach and Arthur are, are, it's a small development team we have in house, but they are just amazing. And they sped up our website like 10 times what it was before by, doing some sort of headless technology thing. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what this means anymore, but man, it's awesome. So yeah, it's a, you know, entrepreneurship is a journey. It's not, it's not instant success ever. And, um, and in our case, it wasn't in the beginning, it took time. And, you know, certainly we tried other things that didn't work either, but yeah, it, it takes time. And if you're not constantly improving, uh, it's probably not going to work in the long run. Absolutely. So is there anything that stands out to you that you like wish you had a time machine you could go back in time and say, Jonathan, don't do that? Oh, lots of things. Um, <laughs> relating to the business? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, specifically the business. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a mildly shorter list, but not really. Um, no, I, off the top of my head, you know, we in the beginning, um, there was a time when, after the first month or so where we were like, okay, let's, let's hire an agency. Let's, let's do this. Let's, you know, get a 3PL and, and all this kind of like fast growth stuff. And we were trying to get ahead of the, the curve or what we thought the success would look like. And it ended up that we were doing it a little too soon. And I, I think, you know, I, I had read, you know, Hey, get things in a 3PL so you can focus on this. Well, the problem was, is, you know, the 3PL we went with was horrible and it was a huge waste of resources and very expensive. And it just took a lot of time to get set up and then it didn't work. And it took our focus away from probably what, what is the most important part of a business, I think, especially an online business. And that's making sure that you have incredible, an incredible product and incredible customer service. You know, the marketing, uh, shipping times, returns and exchanges, those are all super important, but that's, not as important as making sure that you initially have a high quality product and that you're taking care of your customers. And so uh, we realized that very shortly thereafter and, and made sure to go back and make sure that was all taken care of before we, you know, started crazy expansion plans. Um, but it, uh, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of an eye opener because 
um, it just it became very stressful in the beginning when we were trying to do those things. And and I think it, it at least on the marketing side, another thing I would say would be um, you have to get in there and understand your audience and, and doing that audience research and really um, really knowing their personas and how you're targeting them and, and things like that is just critical. And uh, in the beginning, we were just kind of guessing. We're like, well, if I were to buy this ring, I probably would, you know, live in a city and I would have an income of X and I might have, um, I'm obviously in a relationship. Um, and it turned out it was the exact opposite, which we found out like four months later. It was more people who, who did not live in a city. It was uh, just a very different um, persona than we had thought. And then our marketing improved immensely once we realized that. Absolutely. I want to point out that you said hiring an agency too soon. That's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs do is they come up with a good idea and then they think that an agency is going to make it work, which is a farce. I mean, that's never going to work. An, ag an agency will never help you find product market fit. An agency knows how to optimize. An agency knows how to pour gas on an existing fire. They will never be able to help you start a fire. There might be some really amazing consultants out there that that's what they do and they're really good at it. But I've yet to find one that I'd recommend. Um, so a lot of this comes down to a founder and the small, the, whoever, whoever's on that court team, it's up, it's up to you guys to really get to the, from zero to one. Totally agree. And I, I think exactly they, they can, uh, put gasoline on the fire, but the fire needs to be there. And, and if you don't have a total understanding of your product and your fulfillment strategies and your manufacturing strategies and, you know, your demographic and your audience and all that stuff already set up, it's really hard for someone to come in and, and figure it out especially when they're not as close to it as you are. So it's um, it's critical you have complete understanding of your business before you start working with other companies. Yeah. And with that all being said, once you do get that traction going, uh, it's definitely you should reach out to people smarter than you and hire the best you can afford because you'll just see the exponential growth start to happening. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Guy can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with Black Friday Cyber Monday planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest e-commerce events of the year. Search Mesa in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. 
Hey everybody, do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They have allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Klaviyo over at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So back to uh, the brand. You guys, you know, you had this initial success. You know, what happened in kind of that growth phase that where you guys, it really locked in. You're like, all right, this is working. We know what's going on here. Was there like a certain, a certain thing that happened? Well, I think it was really understanding that, um, that demographic and, and that, that yeah. audience space. And, and then once, once we've kind of realized that it was, um, you know, super helpful to then kind of change our content and our strategy and our creative and, and things like that, uh, to have it make sense it, to the point where we even adjusted product descriptions, um, to kind of lean a little bit more into that demographic. And, and that made a huge, huge difference. So, um, once we got to that point and we felt like we had a good understanding on that, um, and the customer service was where we needed it to be. Um, cause in the beginning, that's where we really invested the most resources was customer service and, and, and marketing. Um, and then we, uh, once that was dialed in, then we started working on overall customer experience, not just, you know, customer service, but the overall experience. So packaging, um, fulfillment times, shipping times, um, and, and things like that. What I'm hearing now with, uh, you know, 
learning about the customer persona and really diving in on that is you found what worked and you doubled down on it instead of trying another strategy. And that's kind of what I want to highlight to the listeners is when you find what works, go all in. It's it's not time to find another strategy to kind of half-ass. It's like run that initial strategy until you can't grow it anymore. I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's really the key is, you know, once you once you dial that in and you understand your customer base, there's just so many different things you can do by by using that as the foundation and then growing on it. So, you know, if we're talking Facebook, you can layer in different interest groups that are in your your foundation. So, um there's all sorts of places to find your customers whether it's on on Google, Facebook, Pinterest. I mean, we're we're everywhere now. We're even we're running TV ads. Uh, which has been very eye-opening just to see like where the most successful markets are for us, like demographically, which only further helps us identify the demographic and, and dial that in. And I think, you know, as you do more and more marketing and, and you're seeing success or, or even not having success, it's all about learning. And uh, all of that data, whether it's positive or negative, is super valuable because it should always define how you adjust your marketing plans and, and how you you know, change the course of your business based on what people are responding to. So I totally agree. Once you have that dialed in, definitely start to grow from it. But, but keep learning, too, because you may find other things that just further optimize your campaigns and your strategy. Absolutely. So you you mentioned that you guys are you know everywhere, quote unquote. Now you weren't at the beginning. So how was that approach? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was Facebook and Google, uh, and Google. It was just like keyword searches. It wasn't Google Shopping or Display or anything like that. Um, and uh, yeah, mostly it was Facebook. We've always found Facebook drives the most traffic, um, but Google, of course, has a better conversion rate because it's a, you know an intent based platform. So, um, but it was kind of a combination of the two. We would uh, we'd run branding campaigns, keyword campaigns on Google, and then um, uh, prospecting and remarketing campaigns over on Facebook. And, and that's what really grew the business for probably three years or so. We're, we're about six years now. And um, I'd say the first half of, of our evolution uh, was pretty simple. Um, and still today, Google and Facebook are definitely the, um, the largest platforms that we use. But, you know, one of the biggest mistakes, to go back to your mistake question, is uh, email marketing. And not that that's a mistake. It's not doing email marketing. That's the mistake. I Because I was kind of managing most of the marketing and was just it was really Michelle and I and one or two other people in the first uh, year. And then we slowly started bringing on other remote staff to help us out um, in the years thereafter. But because it was me in the beginning, it's a lot to do. And I, I understood the value of email, but I just didn't have the time. And um, eventually I saw the light and said, you know, we really need to be doing email marketing. And so we uh, we kind of put a program together and started working with some outside help to to get that going. And, you know, we weren't doing anything beyond the normal, um, you know, you get your receipt via email. And I think we had an abandoned cart uh, Shopify app that was helping us out with the abandoned cart emails. But but in terms of like just sending out new product drops or sending out uh, just information about the company or even capturing email, uh, not from customers, but just capturing e- like a pop-up to get people to, you know, leave an email for, for their discount code or something. We hadn't done that. And, and let me tell you, that is a huge mistake. Uh, if you're not capturing an email list, um, you are definitely not um, doing everything you can to grow your business. Because right now, email, I think, equates to something like 15%, 20% of our revenue. And uh, it's massively important. So I, I would definitely recommend that. Absolutely. So uh, just going back to kind of the uh, the iterations on which channels that you're using, was it a uh, very leading question here. But I'm assuming uh, it was starting with Facebook and Google, and then you 
added just one more at a time? Yeah, we, we started slow, you know, because it was just a small team managing it. Um, now we have a much larger team and, and we're, like I was saying, we're kind of, we're trying everything, more of an omni-channel approach. But, but yeah, in the beginning, so Facebook, Google, then we added email um, and we experimented with with Snapchat and Pinterest. It didn't really work out back then. Now we're, we're doing Pinterest more and it's working, but um and then we moved on. We added Bing. Uh, then we added display ads. We used uh, services like Critio and Steelhouse for a while. Um, now we're using uh, like Verizon Media, which is a great display partner of ours. Uh, Taboola doing some of that native content. Uh, it took us a while to get into that, but we found that it works really well for remarketing uh, if done right. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've now grown into podcasts and uh, television as well. So we're always trying to be where our customers are. And that also goes back to understanding your demographic. If, uh, if your customers are on podcasts, then you need to be advertising on podcasts. You know, our customers watch TV, like most customers, so we want to be on TV. So it's all about growing that channel where your demographic is, is really present. And, uh, and then, you know, we have a, a policy here where we put most of those profits back into those channels so we can continue to scale it up. Absolutely. Yeah. So the one, just the highlight of that, the whole conversation is, you know, find the channels that work and hone in on them, optimize them. And then when you have some time, add one at a time, hone in, optimize, or it may not work. And then just, Toss it aside and try a new one. But if you are add three or four channels at once, it's gonna just be a bad time. It is. I, I totally agree with that because you know you really it, it takes time to optimize each channel. And um, if you have three or four going, you know the the way you want to look at it is as a holistic thing because you know attribution is still really difficult today, um, especially with all the iOS changes. Even even more difficult today than it was like three months ago. Even more difficult, right? Right. So it's crazy. So. Um, you know, it's important to do one at a time. Otherwise, you're, you're not really not going to know which one's being successful. So, and, and then optimizing it will be a nightmare. So at least if you add one and then you see a change, you can be like, okay, well, that's because of this one. Whereas if you have three or four, it, it's really difficult and expensive. Absolutely. Well, Jonathan, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. Is there anything that I forgot to ask that you want to leave with our listeners? Uh, no, I, um, I, you know, I... I hope that some of this information has been useful. And, um, you know, I love, uh, I love helping out other entrepreneurs. So if, um, if anybody ever wants to, to reach out, feel free to reach out to me. My email is john, J-O-H-N at manlybands.com. And uh, I am happy to share my experience and, and offer any advice I can. Absolutely. And, and for those of you that are in the market for a wedding ring, where should they go? Oh, got to check out manlybands.com. Yeah, get yourself a dinosaur wedding band. That sounds amazing. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, thanks for having me, Chase. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.